Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash FutureInvestor slash radio. Governor Burgum, thank you very much for joining us here in our New York studio. It's great to see you. First question, how's your Achilles doing? Well, uh, fully ruptured, uh, but I'm doing well. It's not slowing us down. We have a phrase in North Dakota, when you're injured and you got important work to do, you just cowboy up. And so we didn't miss a beat the day after the uh, the day after the debate, after doing a two-hour debate standing on one leg, right. off to New Hampshire for three great days up there talking to uh, voters all over the state. Yeah, the campaign can't stop, especially when you are now up against a threshold to qualify for the second debate. It's less than a month from now. You hit the donor threshold. 3% in the polls is what you need. How do you get there? And if you don't, if you can't qualify for the second debate, is it time to consider potentially leaving the race? Uh, no, and uh, not, not time, and we're going we're gonna to get there. Uh, there was a poll that came out uh, the day after the debate that had us at 4%. Uh, so we're, but it was just fell short. It had 750 versus the 800 required. That's uh, probably too much process for people. But we're fully confident by the time uh, we get to September that we'll be on the debate stage. And, of course, on the debate stage and elsewhere on the campaign trail, there's been a few specific issues that you have been quite vocal about, one of them being energy policy. If someone offered you the job of energy secretary, would you take it? No, I, I'm a, uh, I've always been the, the guy that's uh, the CEO or the governor. Those are the two jobs I've basically had my whole life. And I feel, and people have said, hey, you'd make a great ag secretary. You know incredible amounts about ag. You'd be great for the Department of Interior because everything you know about uh, you know, BLM and uh, BOR and tribal lands. Uh, and so you go down the whole cabinet thing. I mean, those seem like the qualifications for the top job if somebody is, uh, knows how to pick the people. And every place I've ever built, all companies I've built, been involved in building multiple billion dollar global companies, one of the keys is attracting talent. So one of the things I absolutely know is under a Bergam administration, when I'm your president, uh, we're gonna have an amazing cabinet. We're gonna have people that really are committed, passionate, care about the American people and leading these, these agencies and all these agencies uh, need strong leadership to make sure that we get on the right track on the economy, on energy, and on national security. But leadership of an agency is one thing. Leadership of an entire country is another. When you talk about qualifications for the job, obviously you are governor of North Dakota, a state that has less than a million people. You talk a lot about small town values. This country is not just made up of small towns. So why should voters feel confident that you are up to governing the entirety of the country, from small towns to big cities? Well, I think one of the things, this is the great misperceptions when they keep calling North Dakota a small state. Uh, we've got some you know, big states that produce almost no energy. We produce more energy than many of the OPEC nations. Uh, we're the same size as all six New England states. So think of Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut. Uh, when there's a blizzard, we got to plow the roads for everybody, not just Republicans, independents, Democrats, across the whole state. We've got five tribal nations we share geography with. We've got 150 uh, b ballistic missiles in our state. We've got Air Force bases. We're at 360 miles of border. Every issue that the president is facing, whether it's because national security means food security, means energy security, yeah. the job of being the governor of North Dakota completely prepares you for doing that. And in the private sector, I had people working for me in 130 countries. We had customers all over the world. I don't think there's anybody on the stage that's got the extensive private sector experience 
and the experience uh, being so successful running a state in a state that is like one of the states that's feeding and fueling the whole world. So I, I think hi highly qualified for the job, and that's why George Will wrote an article that said, this is the most qualified candidate you've never heard of. The candidate we're talking to, of course, is the governor of North Dakota, Doug Berman. Gum joining us on both Bloomberg Television and radio to zero in on energy policy specifically and what you're doing in North Dakota. You've committed to carbon neutrality by 2030. Part of that effort is carbon sequestration and pipelines that run through the Midwest. As a result, it's been raised as an issue the question of, of, of property rights as a result. How do you explain to a farmer in Iowa the fact that climate change may need to be put ahead of their own individual property rights? How do you square that circle? Well, I don't think it has to do anything with uh, trying to square it because if you don't want it going through your property, if you don't want to take a big check for a pipeline, uh, you know, bringing oil out of North Dakota or taking CO2 to North Dakota, if you don't want that, your neighbor probably will. And the opportunities for landowners uh, to participate voluntarily is, is what we've seen in the past when we build this infrastructure. And of course, when I think about opportunities for farmers, we think about uh, sustainable aviation fuel. Everybody, I'm sure Bloomberg's run stories about you know, people getting on planes and saying, oh, this person believes in climate change, but they're flying around in their jet. Well, we're not gonna have battery operated airplanes flying across the Pacific anytime soon. If you wanna have sustainable aviation fuel, it's gotta be liquid and, the, and liquid aviation fuel is gonna come from the Midwest. That's gonna be the epicenter because it's gonna be biofuels and ethanol decarbonized, they're gonna drive that. I think it's an opportunity to you know, double the size of the opportunity for agriculture across the Midwest. And I think the markets are gonna solve this, that, the answer to your question. I don't think it's gonna be uh, a question of uh, property rights, but I do tell you where there is an issue in our country is when we've got 41% of the people in New England that are burning you know, heating oil in their homes, and that heating oil is coming from Russia, 400,000 barrels of oil a day equivalent being offloaded at the time Putin invaded Ukraine, and you can't get a pipeline to move clean natural gas from Pennsylvania into New England, that's a problem. And if we want national security to include being able to supply all 48 states with clean U.S. energy versus exporting it to people that do it less cleanly than we do, then uh, we've got to figure out a way to get pipelines built in this country, including those uh, that help our energy security. So a lot of this comes down to substantive policy questions, and yet so much of this campaign to this point has been dominated instead by the legal trials and tribulations of the current frontrunner, former President Donald Trump. It is a subject that is unavoidable for Republican candidates. This is someone you are competing against. As we look at a primary season in which we have news today, we could see now three trials that the former president is facing in the middle of primaries, just a day before Super Tuesday. Is it time for him to consider dropping out of the race? The longer this goes on, does it mean Republicans could fare worse in a general election? Well, certainly uh, it's up to any candidate to decide whether they want to stay in or stay out of a race. But I'll tell you what, you know, I know that who was watching that debate last week and who watches our country closely, and that's China. We're in a Cold War with China. We're in a proxy war with Russia. And if you've got every, divisiveness is a huge, it's just a huge business. And you take every cable network going seven by 24, you know, talking about indictments, talking about 2020 elections, then we're not talking about the things that are, we're actually facing as a nation. And we're, it, feels, uh, it feels like we're, if you've got a policy of appeasement in the Biden administration against Iran, Iran's moving towards having nuclear weapons. We've got uh, China's economies falling apart, and we have a dictator whose economy is falling apart, both in a real estate crash and unemployment for young people. What do you do to rally the troops? You, know, you invade. 
You invade somebody else, you start a war. That's what Putin did to hang on to his power. Why wouldn't China do the same thing, particularly when we say to Taiwan, oh, we'll help you with harpoon missiles to sink those Chinese ships, but we're not sending them until 2026. Or if they think that someone like myself might be president in 2025, let's go in 2024 and invade Taiwan. So I feel we're on the brink of really bad things happening, and we're not talking about any of it. All right. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have to talk about these issues today. But please come back to Bloomberg, Governor. Really great to see you here. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum on Bloomberg Television and Radio. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at cuttereconomicforum.com.